Welcome to the Fully Equipped Podcast, where we read through the Bible together and help to answer any questions you might have. Welcome back to the Fully Equipped Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Travis. And uh, it is Wednesday night, and we are tired and hungry. But it's our own fault because we've already been sitting here for an hour just talking about trips to Washington, D.C. And barbecue. And and all kinds of stuff. Which is making me hungrier, I just realized. I was smart, and I ate a snack before I came. Cree was like, why are you eating? I'm making supper. Don't you know I'm making supper? I was like, yes, but it's going to be late before I get to eat that supper. And we've got church, and then we've got to record a podcast. And so I'm going to be... I'm not going to be hungry going through this. So if you hear any rumbling, that's Zach, not me. Probably. I mean, it's I I made a mistake. I was hungry, and I started watching cooking shows on YouTube before I came up to the church. <laughs> I, did, I didn't even think to get a snack. So... Uh, no, but we're 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 back in Genesis chapter twenty-two. That's where we're starting out the for the rest of this week, and uh, we we've talked about it a bit tonight uh, on Wednesday night service. But we got some interesting stuff going on here. Oh yeah, I think this is a a, a really um, I think it's a strange thing. You know, this is something that I think in other religions and other cultures you can see human sacrifices and that kind of stuff but then all of a sudden for god to ask abraham to sacrifice the thing that the the his son that he's been promising him that we've heard about all this time of course we've been talking about it for what about three weeks now something like that but with abraham it's been about 40 years up to this point and so it's been a long time coming we know kind of reading that isaac was not a baby nope he was not a small child he was a strong man he was at least old enough and strong enough to be able to carry all of the wood that he was going to be bound to and strapped to so that's right um i think two things that we really see well one of them we talked about tonight is we we talked about the difference between not all trials that we go through or not all tests that we go through are meant to build our faith some of them are meant to reveal where our faith is right and this is this is one of those tests is this is one of those revealing moments where you see how far abraham's come you know we talked last week about was it last last week we talked about ishmael no it was earlier this week earlier this week this has been a long week but we, we we talked about you know during this god's made this promise um 15 years go by and he has no son and so they decide to help god out they believe in the promise and so oh no that was that was a few weeks ago that that was last week right yeah yeah that was last week and so he's gonna he's gonna help god out and and hagar and uh Hagar has Ishmael, and god says nope that's not the son it's gonna be and sarah says nope that's not the son yeah and so we can see that kind of through this process, Abraham has, he's believed in God, but he's tried to help him out. And now we get to a point where we see this really reveals his faith in God. Right. Uh, it shows that God made the promise and he's going to, he's going to believe God no matter what. Right. And so what we mean by that is that at this point, if you're not, if you haven't read along yet, 
God, this is a fairly common story, but God has told Abraham to take Isaac, who is at this point the the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, and to take him up and offer him or sacrifice him as a burnt offering on uh, on a mountain that God's going to show him. And so the next morning, Abraham, Isaac, and the servants get loaded up, and they head out. And three days later, they arrive where they're going to go. And Abraham tells the servants to stay with the donkey. And Abraham and Isaac go up. And at this point, Isaac has said, Hey, Dad, we got the wood, and we've got everything else we need, but what about the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God's going to provide the sacrifice. And I think Isaac probably knows what's going on at this point. And at least he knows by the time they get up there. And he is willing to go through this because there's no indication of any kind of struggle. And from what I understand, the the Hebrew here kind of indicates that in the original language that he went with it, that he was going to yeah. go along with this. Yeah, it says, um, I think it's in, um, it's at the end of verse 8. So it says, so the two of them went together. And that went together was more than just traveled together, but it was... It was they went in agreement. And so I think at this point, at that point when they agreed, Isaac may have not understood that he was meant to be the sacrifice. But by the time that he was bound to the wood, he knew there was no doubt. Um, and the and fact because, that he was bound to the wood yeah, shows us that he was willing to do that. Yes, because Abraham was an old guy at this point. And Isaac's strong enough to carry all of that wood, which means he could have easily fought off and tried to escape yeah um so he would have had to allow himself to be bound um for this to happen and we really see a lot of uh we really see a good shadow of jesus here and what jesus did because uh especially in isaac a lot of times we spend talking about abraham's faith in this um, when another one that, that we can tend to overlook, but we should really pay attention to is Isaac's faith in this. Yeah, especially since um, he wasn't the one who was given the promise. Yes. He's, he's, his faith is really bound to his dad's faith, and the mm-hmm. fact that it's as strong as it is in this moment is, is really telling of some things. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's where we see some parallels. We, we see that Isaac was obedient to his father, uh, which Jesus was obedient to the Father right. and they what both, had to be done. They both carried the instrument of their sacrifice up, up the mountain. The mountain. Mm-hmm. It's also the same mountain. It's in the same, it's in the same area. Yep. Um, we see that uh, Isaac went willingly and Jesus went willingly. You remember the part where, you know, Jesus prayed... And, you know, if there's any way that this cup can pass for me, if there's any other way to do this, Father, please let it be so, but your will be done. And I believe that uh, there was some of the same conversation between Isaac and Abraham there, which was, hey, okay, God told you to do this, but if there's another way, I'd prefer not to be... uh, I would assume that conversation happened. ...stabbed to death and then burned up completely. Um, But we see that they both went... Willingly. Another interesting thing is that they were both promised, and then there was a waiting period between the promise and their arrival. And there was also about a period of three days where mm-hmm. uh, it was about a, there was a period of around three days when Abraham left on this journey before he was sacrificed, and Jesus spent three days in the. Um, and so some people look at that as um, 
Isaac was essentially, you know, kind of seeing Isaac as essentially being dead for three days because in three he days in Abraham's mind, he was a dead man walking for, for those three days and then brought back to life by God. Um, so we see a lot of shadows between, uh, between the two stories. Right. Um, it really points forward to, uh, to what God's going to do. Yeah. And his promises. Um, we see, you, you can go back to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, starting in verse 17, and it talks about, uh, there it talks about Abraham's faith in God. That he knew that Abraham would have fully gone through with it because he knew that God would be able to raise Isaac from the grave. Yeah. And so he knew that, um, you know. There was knew, no question that God was wasn't withholding that promise from him he never doubted in the promise but the thing that's really more important is he never doubted in the promisor that's right and that's one of the things that we really talked about quite a bit this evening during our bible study is a lot of times we hang up in our faith we hang up on the promises that god has made and we miss that what we should be focusing on is not the promise but the one who gave the promise our faith shouldn't be in the promise itself our faith should be in the one who gives that promise because he is a good father we can believe him and trust him in that because sometimes we try to do what abraham did it's human nature to try to help god along say well god you promised this and so because you promised this i'm going to help this come to pass and when we do that we tend to get ahead of god we're out of god's timing and we end up suffering consequences because of that. So, so then, at, right after this, we see Nahor's son, which Nahor is Abraham's brother, I believe. Yes. And uh, we see that, that he has some some sons, one of which is the father of Rebekah. Uh, you got to say their name. He's got Huz and Buzz. <laughs> He's also got Kased, Hatzo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Which Bethuel is the father of Rebecca. I butchered every one of those. I don't think I got any of them right. No, uh, they don't. They don't care. But, I asked them. They don't mind. <laughs> but we we see that, and then uh, his other, his concubine also has some sons: Taba, Gaham, Tehash, and Makah. I don't know. Makah. <laughs> and so uh, that's important a little bit later because that's telling us where Rebecca comes from. And uh, she's in, she's important to the story in a moment, but right after this we have the death of Sarah, um, which is just telling us that she got old, and so she's passed away. And Abraham bargains for a plot of land, which um, Ephron, the owner, doesn't want to sell to him. He just wants to give it to him. And Abraham, you know, looks at him and says, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'll pay you what it's worth." And they basically, at some point, go, I mean, we're both rich enough. It doesn't matter, but sure, go ahead and pay me. Hey, but how many times have you gone out to eat with somebody on a Sunday, and they're like, well, we just want to bless you. No, I can pay for my own. No, Don't I'm... rob me of my blessing. That's right. You go through the whole back and forth. I feel like we just saw the very first time this ever happened right here. Probably. Um, it wasn't over a lunch, but it was still over, over something, so... So Abraham now owns this cave, and that's where Sarah's buried, and it's where he's eventually going to be buried. And according to you, it's where a whole bunch of people get buried. 
I don't know. I don't I haven't read the, the burial story. That. No, I'm <laughs> just you told me. I'm giving them information. You're my source. Yeah, no, that's where um, uh, I'd have to go back and look. But just going off memory, that's where Rebecca's going to be buried. That's where Jacob's going to be buried. That's where when Joseph goes into uh, Egypt after on his deathbed, he tells them when when in 400 years when you leave here. He doesn't tell them 400 years, but when you leave this place, because he you know they're they're not going to be there forever. Um, carry my bones out of Egypt and bury me. Um, so he'll be eventually be buried there as well. And so after that, after we we have this land grab. Uh, we see that Abraham is very old, and he wants his line to continue. Old, well advanced in age is what the New King James says. What a good way to... NIV just says Abraham was now very old. Very old. Very blunt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start going with well advanced in age. But it does say the Lord had blessed him in every way. So he, he's got some good stuff going on. So he gets his head servant and makes him promise to go get uh, a wife for Isaac. But there's some specific stuff that he requests. So first off, he has to put his hand under Abraham's thigh, which seems very uncomfortable. I would, I would not want to have to do that, but that's just me. That, that, that's, you can just think of that as... You shake my hand and promise me that. Yeah. That, that was essentially how they, they, they shook on a deal. And we'll leave that right there because there's all kinds of other stuff I've heard on that. But y'all probably, we would need to verify. Uh, yep. So <laughs> uh, he, he promises not to get a daughter of the Canaanites. Uh, so he says, go uh, to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant asks him, what if she's not willing to come with me to this land? Shall I take your son back to the country you came from? And Abraham said, make sure that you don't take my son back there. Uh, The Lord God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household in my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying, to your offspring I will give this land. So he's immediately, you know, saying, this is not supposed to be this people, not supposed to be this place. And then, you know, there's some other stuff. So he basically says, how do I know who it's going to be? And he says, go stand by this well. And when you see a young woman, ask her to give you a drink. And if she says, sure, here's a drink. Here's some water for your camels. That's the one. That's the lady that you need to get. So the servant goes out and he finds the spring that he's supposed to be at. And Rebecca comes walking out. Now, I think this is probably a good point to talk about. Um, I'm not sure that that's the best way that in our times right now to test God. No, I I think that that's Um, a pretty... I think that's a pretty dangerous... um, I think that's a pretty dangerous thing to hang your hat on to... If you're single, you go, okay, well, the next single woman that walks through the door is that's who God wants me to marry. Um, you're setting yourself up for some... Yeah, you need stipulations. So first, you need to go buy a camel. Second, you need to find a servant, and you need to send your servant to another country with your camel. Because if you don't do all of that, what happens these days is it's called a restraining order. That's right. That's what... uh, 
This gets you past that. <laughs> this this will avoid you from from doing that. The the next person that waters their camel. <laughs> so we find that Rebecca, she passed the test. She says, "Sure, I'll give you some water. I'll water your your camels until they've had enough to drink." And he immediately starts giving Rebecca the these things. He gives her a gold nose ring, uh, bracelets, um, and he asks whose daughter she is. Uh, and then, can I can I go spend the night? Is there room for me to stay? And so there's there's a lot of conversation after this, um, basically boiling down to, you know, this is what my master told me, and he goes over everything, and your daughter passed the test, and then uh, they say, okay, that's fine, she can go as long as she's willing. And so she agrees, and so the servant brings her back to Isaac to be married. And, and they do, they, they get married, and... We find out they have a couple of sons, a couple of little baby boys. Verse 67 says, Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. I mean, that's one way to get over it, I guess. Get married. That's right. And so now that he's, he's a husband, uh, let's see. Well, right after that, we have the, or we're told right after this of the death of Abraham. And he gave everything to Isaac. Yes. Which means he gave nothing to Ishmael, um, which is a little sad for Ishmael. Yeah, because normally in that culture, the firstborn inherits uh, twice as much as everybody else. Right. So between the two, Ishmael would have inherited, he would have inherited the bulk of the estate and taken over as the head patriarch uh, because he was the oldest son, but God doesn't work the same way that culture works, and God doesn't work the same way that we work. And That's so right. Isaac was the son of promise, and he was also the son that was there because prior to this, Ishmael had has been moved out. away. Yeah, he's gone on. Um, but we get a genealogy of Ishmael mm-hmm. uh, in verse 12 from chapter 25 and it shows it kind of goes and shows the peoples that that came from Ishmael how long he lived and then it gives the genealogy of Isaac and this is the last point that we hear of Ishmael in the Bible and I think we talked about this last week is just because you don't hear about somebody anymore it doesn't mean that they fell off the face of the earth but we always have to remember that the Bible was written for a reason that it's a complete literary work with a, a clear beginning a clear middle and a clear end right um and that god stays to the storyline of what's important of what he's trying to tell us and what he's trying to tell us is uh, is how he redeemed us back to himself right and and eventually to show us uh eternity and so we don't hear about Ishmael anymore after this because Ishmael is not important to the salvation story. So Ishmael continued went on. We know that he became a uh, he became the father of many nations as well. But we don't hear any more about him after this because uh, because God didn't need to tell us any more about him. Right. And so we have we now have after after we hear about Ishmael uh, the birth of Isaac and Rebecca's sons. 
Jacob and Esau. Well, e- Esau and Jacob. Yes. Um, we always hear about it the other way around, but I think that's because Esau was hungry. Well, you know, and this is one of these things that before they're even born, I like what um, verse 22 says. It says, but the children struggled together within her, and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And so there's a battle going on. So if you're listening to this and you have kids, I believe you can probably relate. Uh, because brothers and sisters tend to fight. I shouldn't say brothers and sisters. Siblings, I had a sister, that's why I say brothers and sisters. Siblings tend to fight. They tend to, they tend to argue, and that's what's going on here. Is we've got a battle going on, and I think this was a, a an epic battle. Yeah, I think it um, lasted quite a while too. Yes. So we see that Esau comes out, and he's he's a manly man. He's the first one to come out. And remember, it says the older shall serve the younger. God gave her this promise before they were even born. And um, and Jacob comes out holding on to Esau's foot. Mm-hmm. He's he's. He wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I like, do you know what Esau means? Uh, I, no, I thought I did, but I, I don't. I, I don't, I, I believe it means red. I know they call him red. Uh, and, uh, and, I th- and I think that's I think why. that's Edom. Edom, maybe so. Yeah, it says, quick, let me have some of that oh, red stew. I'm no, famished. That is why we also call him Edom. It literally means hairy. That's what it is. Yeah. So he's a big, red, hairy guy. Yes. Uh, I know a guy like that. His name's Caleb. Well, I always find it interesting. I find it, say interesting. I, I find it strange that he's got red hair. Because whenever I read these stories, I always picture everybody being Middle Eastern, which is typically... Um, dark hair. Dark complected, dark hair, brown eyes. Well, he, uh, he got the recessive gene. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, they have an Irishman. And so I'm like... <laughs> Where did he come from? Um, <laughs> but that may just be my... That's uh, why he likes the stew. Because mm-hmm. he's Irish. Shepherd's pie. Well, no, it's stew. It's stew. Dang it. Goulash. No, I don't think that's Irish either, is it? That's no, more... I, that sounds more like it's Eastern European. Uh, I need to watch more cooking shows. You do. So so we have Esau. Esau's a skillful skillful uh skillful hunter. <laughs> he's a skillful hunter. I like skillful hunter. Uh he's a man of the open country it says. Um and Jacob uh <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't. I'm a, he's So he's not from America. Apparently not. We're not an open country. No. We're building a wall. That's right. Fence wouldn't do. So uh Jacob is is quite the opposite. He he stayed home and and Rebecca loved Jacob. It says Mama's boy. Yes, uh, and so he he one day he's cooking stew and Esau comes home and he's hungry because apparently he wasn't able to catch and cook nothing while he was out. Uh, and so um, Jacob he he wants some of the stew that Jacob's making and uh, Jacob says, "Well, that's okay, but sell me your birthright first. And Esau says, look, I'm going to die. What is my birthright to me now if I'm dead? And he, so he sells it to him. 
And uh, so Jacob gives him some bread and some stew, and Esau ends up hating his birthright for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it that come that becomes very important a little bit later on. Yeah, it also helps. God gave a prophecy to uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, talking about the boys and how they were, you know, how they were quarreling and who was gonna, who was gonna be. Uh, one was going to be stronger than the other and the old shall serve the younger and so we're going to see this story play out Uh, and I think it's pretty amazing the way that it plays out and and you see the character of the people you know I I always find it uh, when you really get in and you read and you study you really see these people grow um, yeah. From where they from where they started to where they end up, it, it's it's not any different than we are. Um, nobody starts out with a, a large amount of faith, or nobody starts out as a really good or moral person. It seems like we all struggle with that, and it's a thing that grows and develops over time. And and, and God tells us the truth. Um, we see that play out in the Bible. We saw it with Abraham. Um, we saw him doubt to the point where. You know, he's trying to help God along, and we see him end up um, with an unwavering faith. God made a promise. He's going to believe him, even if it means he's going to have to bring his son back from death. We're going to see it with, uh, we're going to see it with Jacob. As Jacob's story plays out, we're going to see his faith grow. Uh, we, we see, see it with Joseph. We see it with Joseph. We see it with Isaac. We're going to see Isaac make the same mistake in this next chapter. We see Isaac make the same, do the same exact thing that Abraham did, that that his father did. Right, and so, so we see Isaac and Abimelech, and this is this is something that confused me at first, but uh, this is not the same Abimelech that Abraham has run into. Most likely not. Um, from what I understand, Abimelech means son of the king it essentially means prince mm-hmm. and so this is more of a title it's and less of a name but so he, this would have been the abimelech that we read with abraham this would have been probably his son yeah yeah this would have been this would have been junior here yeah so we're reading junior and junior so the same thing that father did with father junior is going to do with junior and what's crazy is you would have thought that Abraham would have told Isaac, hey, I've tried this. It doesn't work. Just say she's your wife. Yeah. But maybe he had more faith in him that he wouldn't think to say that, that he would just be honest. And, and that's what I'm going to assume is that he, he just, he really believed in Isaac. But yeah. you would think that Abimelech, who got duped by this, would have, would have told his son, hey, look, if somebody comes in here, and is saying that it's his, that this lady who's gorgeous is his sister. You better be wary yeah. of that, because I got duped, and it was almost my it was almost my head for that. Uh, but clearly he didn't. So <laughs> Isaac uh, tells everybody that Rebecca is his sister, and um, essentially the same thing happens. Uh, God comes to Abimelech, says, "No, don't do this." He comes <laughs> to Isaac and says. What did I do to you? Why would you do this to me? And he says the same thing. Uh, I was afraid that I would lose my life on her account. And just like Abraham kind of kind of blames everybody else instead of saying, well, I was scared of you guys. 
And so Abimelech says, anybody who harms this man or his wife will surely be put to death and gives Isaac a place to live. A little bit later, they've, they've, there seems to be some issues. And so Abimelech says, look, move away from us. You've become too powerful. It's a little bit similar to Abraham and Lot mm-hmm. when they separate because there's just too much going on. And so Isaac leaves and he digs a well and... Or no, he hasn't dug the well yet, but he leaves and they find a well and some people come out and they say, no, that's our water. He's quarrels over that and they dig another well. They have their water. And eventually, as they're living here, Abimelech comes back and wants to wants to make an arrangement with Isaac because Isaac, like his father, is very well off. He's got a lot going on and... Isaac kind of says, why have you come to me? You were so hostile, you sent me away. He says, we clearly see that the Lord is with you. Uh, There ought to be a sworn agreement between us. Let's make a treaty that that neither of us will harm each other. We'll always live peacefully, and and now we'll be blessed by the Lord. And so Isaac agrees. They have a big feast. And the next day, they find water. They, they they hit water in, in a well, and they name this place Beersheba, from what I understand. I mm-hmm. butchered that probably. Beersheba. Oh. That's the way I've always pronounced it, but I've never met anybody there, so it's funny how you can go to some towns or some places and yeah, pronounce Refugio. them. Yeah, 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 Refugio. Right. You will get corrected really quick over there if you say Refugio. There was somewhere else, too, that was like that. Oh, there's a lot? Um, yeah, there's a lot of places where they pronounce it. I guess we should start doing that here. It's not Wharton. It's Wharton. 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 I'm from Wharton. Is that show that we watch on uh, BBC. Uh, it's a show from the 90s. And her last name is called Keeping Up Appearances. Oh. And her last name is B-U-C-K-E-T. Okay. Bucket. But, oh, they bouquet? Bouquet. Oh, and that's so, classic. Now, now he, he was always Bucket till he married her. And then she's always correcting people as Mrs. Bucket. Oh, it's, it's bouquet. It's bouquet. And then <laughs> All right. Well, I think that... Uh, We've kind of come to the end of our rope here when it comes to to this stretch. Next week, we're going to be getting into more of uh, Jacob and Esau's story. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to that. You got anything else? I do not. Just um, just want to encourage you to keep keep reading, keep staying with it. I feel like if you're if you're still listening, that that you've been you know doing a good job at keeping up. If you've just started listening. Um, get a bookmark or look in the show notes. We'll have the readings in there and, and get started. Don't get discouraged. And it can be a daunting task, but you've got to discipline yourself and stay with it. That's right. Well, God bless. Have, have a great a week. One. Thank you for listening to the Fully Equipped Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify, as well as www.fullyequipped.church. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at fullyequipped.church. Have a blessed day.